What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I am your host, Brenda Aiken. And joining me, as always, is the man who just saw his life flash before his eyes when he tried to put a bend in a page of one of my books, The Good Deacon, Scott Aiken. Yeah, I kind of winced. It just was I almost got ready to bend that page over to mark it so you could read it later. <laughs> Boy, stop doing that. I, you know, that's been my been my MO all my life is I, I read books and I'm, I've got to go. I could fold the page over so I can come back to it. That absolutely gets under your skin. <laughs> For all of the years that I worked at Queen of Peace Bookstore, I got to put my hands on a lot of books, new books and old books. But I don't like to ever see any of them with creases and sometimes we would get books that would come off of the uh, the press that had an unusual bend or something in it i'd send them back i said absolutely not or i i would i couldn't stand to look at books if the corner was was crunched when we were talking about today's exciting interview that i want our listeners to stay with us for i showed you the book and you marked something on there and you were about to crease the page. <laughs> Fortunately, your guardian angel stopped you because they recognized I, the danger you were about to tread into. I got to say, I don't know if it's a guardian angel or the look that I got it from your eyes. <laughs> guardian angel is hiding behind me. <laughs> oh, and it's those fun things in life that we just have to laugh at because we know we have our funny things that we really insist on living in and we abide for the other person that way. I am a book back breaker oh i guess there's like categories right there's those who bend them and break them and those who don't and i i just i just love to see a book that's got all those bends in it because somebody's read it somebody's taken that's the way i look at it now if i pick up a book that you've read and i know you've loved it and you've read through it fast it looks brand new there's <laughs> like it doesn't even it doesn't even open up a little bit it's like flat and mine is like you can't even get it shut again because it's so bent out of whack <laughs> Oh, it is just the way that God made us to be and those things that that you love about yourself that you think it's so important for somebody else. They think, well, you didn't love that at all. You didn't even use it. For me, it's like, I love this book so much. I didn't even crease it. I just want to preserve it. And that's just the way that we look at life in general, where you look at some things, something is a certain way and you go, oh, obviously that person didn't care about it where another person would come along and say, wow, now there is a well-loved item. Now, if I could just apply that thinking to my car, where I cannot stand to have a dink or chip or anything in it, and yet some people I know, they drive around a dirty car, they beat it up, it's well-used. Why don't I look at cars like that? But when I look at books, I like to see a well-used book. You know, this is the time of year here in the Pacific Northwest where we get these beautiful sunny afternoons, but very quickly... It cools off in the evening and it carries over into the morning. That's that sign. Well, fall is just right around the corner. Just looking out over the valley here from Mater Dei Radio Studio, we can just start to begin to see that change of color and kind of that change of the pace of life. We're really settling into the school year. Um, we kids are working, summer away. Our high schooler is back at his regular routine. And it's a familiarity that we come to know about this time of year that, yeah, 
We're settling in. And then before we know it, fall will be here. And then we're going to move right into that winter season. Days are getting shorter for sure. You know, thinking of that and what we're going to talk about today, you know, summertime is a time of joy and fun. You think that's when I go on vacation. And wintertime is when you have to get down into practice and to labor and live through winter until the next summer. Much like life. And so when we talk about seasons of life, there's there's also desert times of life. And so maybe fall and winter kind of leads us into this kind of desert time of the year. But we have Christmas to look forward to. And that's already being advertised and it's coming. I don't even want to say that quite yet. But yes, you're right. I was just at our big box store the other day. And sure enough, there's Christmas decorations. Boy, we keep moving that up closer and closer. Something to look forward to because maybe everybody is recognizing, well, what's the next thing to look forward to? We've got months of really ordinary life before we get to Christmas. So don't rush it, though. There is so much value, even in living in the desert. There is a value to that. And it definitely feels like the last almost two years now we have been living in the desert. We got a great show ahead today because coming up, I have an opportunity to talk with Sonia Corbett. She has a new book out. It's called Just Rest. And it's a study on Exodus. It's a wonderful opportunity and a great book that we want you to stick around for. And then after that, we'll share with you just some of the experience of living in the desert but not being alone in ourselves in the desert. So we got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. Stay with us. On a slow down deep breath And the strength to take another step And keep on walking, baby Keep on walking, baby Just around the corner For the Jews of old, the temple was the holiest place in the universe, and the spiritual center of the temple was the Holy of Holies. It was blocked off by a thick curtain, and only the high priest could enter to offer sacrifice to God. He had to have a rope tied around his ankle in case he died in there so he could be dragged out because no one else was ever allowed in. I lead a pilgrimage to the Holy Land every year, and to this day, you can see Jewish people from around the world come to the Wailing Wall the closest place to where the Holy of Holies was, just to touch that wall. When Jesus died, the curtain separating the Holy of Holies was torn in two, not from bottom to top, which man could have done, but in an act of God from top to bottom. Why? Because in the New Covenant, God's dwelling place is you. You are the holiest place in the universe. Do you live like it? This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. season comes football and tailgating and there's no better way to score a touchdown than by passing that old vehicle of yours to modern day radio we're happy to accept your donation of a car truck van rv or boat it's quick and easy and a likely tax deduction for you not only that you are joining a winning team that's supporting a faith-filled catholic broadcast so score some points by checking out our vehicle donation program at materdayradio.com Family life can be hectic, but God can be found right in the middle of it. So take a moment for this week's View from the Pew. 
Have you ever been on a tough hike up a hill? Well, with a pack on your back, you set out. And when it got tough, well, did you just want to give up and head back? Or maybe you put your head down and just struggled through to the top only to realize you missed some very important stops along the way. Well, so did the chosen people of Israel. And in her new book, Sonia Corbett shows how the Exodus is a powerful metaphor for the spiritual life. In her new book, Just Rest, a study of Exodus, will help you identify areas of desolation and need in your life and better understand God's greater purpose in times of adversity and dryness. Sonia Corbett is joining me today. Hello, Sonia. Thank you so much for joining us again. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Well, the big question is, Sonia, if God knows that the deserts of our own life will cause us to wane in our faith, like the Israelites, why does he allow us to go through this? Well, the Bible itself gives an answer to that, and it tells us that that story was left for us to teach us how to choose differently. They forfeited forfeited the promised land, and we know that the promised land for them It's a type of the final promised land of heaven. And so the warning there, especially in the text that I used um, in Hebrews chapters three and four, it's a warning there that if we don't learn the lessons of the desert and God's ways there, then we could forfeit the, the heavenly promised land altogether. And that's exactly what the Bible says. That story was left in there for us in order to teach us. But it does feel like they they had to work and go through this and struggle. Yet you named the book just rest. How does that come into play? Because what they were supposed to learn was how to rest in the deprivations of the desert. And for them, that was a very practical kind of thing. They needed water, they needed food, they needed leadership, they needed uh, variation in in what they were eating and and entertainment, all of that kind of thing. And God knew that they needed it. But rather than asking God, they complained over and over and over again, first of all, that they lacked what they needed. And then secondly, about the provision that God gave them, whether it was the timing or the substance. And so what we're supposed to learn is how to rest in those deprivations, in that suffering, that suffering and deprivation triggers a panic in us that is meant to drive us to God, not away. Because as we go to God with our need and with our fear about not having that, We wait on him to provide, and he does. And in so doing, we build a relationship with him that causes us to rest in our thoughts, in our emotions, in our bodies, and our souls. And that is what we're supposed to learn. The name of the book is Just Rest, the study of Exodus. Sonia Corbett joining me today. I love chapter three, Emotions at Rest. You share your experience about your Aunt Betty. Please tell our listeners about it. Well, Aunt Betty was a very surprising teacher. She was um, she was very coarse in her words. She was um, she was a widower a couple of times over without ever having children of her own, and so she needed someone to come and help her in her home. She had gotten um, she had gotten some she was elderly, but she had gotten somewhat infirm, and she wasn't able to clean her house and that kind of thing, but. I was at her house with my youngest son at at a time when I was really doing it out of Christian duty, not charity, to be honest. 
Um, but I did it because I knew she needed the help and I knew that I was able to help her. So out of obedience to God, I went to clean her house and she was a chain smoker. So mm. I felt like pig pen every time I left her home. But I was there cleaning. And the thing that I learned from her, aside from true charity, is that when we serve out of obedience to God, even if it's someone that we think doesn't deserve it or who is just unpleasant, the more we give ourselves out of obedience to God, the more I could say almost miraculous is the transformation in us through that charity. And so she received from me in that in that charity that I was trying to offer her through my obedience to God. But also I received from her one of the best lessons of my life. And that really was that God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. She was unable to make it to the restroom in time. And I was in her bathroom cleaning feces out of the carpet, the shag carpet at the foot of the toilet. And I remember God asking me very clearly when I was scrubbing, I was angry about something. And he said, why are you here? And I just kind of I, I came to myself like the the prodigal son in the pig pen. And I, I thought, what am I doing here? <laughs> this is disgusting. Right. you know. But but I just realized in that moment that I was there because somehow, miraculously, I had come to love her and she needed me. And God showed me in that moment that that is why he helps us in our greatest need. He helps us because he knows no one else can. And most of the time, no one else wants to. He helps us. He led me to her to help her out of love for her. And instead, what I learned was how much God loves me in my own weakness, which is also disgusting and also incontinent. He loves me. And he, he loved her enough to send me to help her. And in so doing, we both learned an absolutely beautiful lesson about God's love. It really struck me a lot because going through those struggles, many of us have people that we take care of. And it is amazing that even in those times like you did, when you are having to take care of somebody, that God is right there in the middle of, of all of that mess of our own lives. The name of the book is Just Rest. The author, Sonia Corbett, and she's joining us today to share more about it. Well, Sonia, look, I, I look at my own life and then you say, you, you know, we can use the example of the Israelites here. Forty years they were in that desert. I don't know if I have that strength to do 40 years. Is rest kind of the ideal that helps us get to that promised land? without having to struggle for all of those years. What I do know is that their trip from Egypt to the promised land should have only taken a couple of weeks. It was not that far to walk. What caused them to spend 40 years in the wilderness was their stubbornness in learning the lessons that God was trying to teach them, rest in their thoughts and their emotions and their bodies and their souls. And because they were, they would not learn the lessons through the suffering that he allowed that is when, according to Psalm 95 and 78 and 106, that's where they fell into purposelessness and futility. So purposelessness and futility then is a symptom of being stubborn and not learning the lessons of the sufferings that God allows us in our journey. And if we don't learn them, he says, fine. If you don't want to, that's perfectly fine. And he allows us to just wander. So if we're wandering 
over and over and over again in the same area, it could be two things. One, if it's purposelessness and futility, then we're in error. If, though, we feel like we're we're making progress and yet we're going around the same mountain over and over and over again in a pattern, I got very frustrated with that because I have dealt with a father wound for my whole life and I felt like we kept going around that same wound and I complained to God and I said, I just have to know that this is going to be over one day. And I don't mean heaven. I mean here because I'm really working on this and I have to know that this is going to come to an end one day and I'm going to be healed of this wound. And he said to me clearly, Sonia, you are going around the same wound because it's that deep. But every time you go around, you also you go up just a little more every time toward the top. So it's not covering the same ground. It's going deeper and higher. Mm. And so there are two things going on there. We can either be wandering in purposelessness, purposelessness and futility, which is a symptom of not learning the lessons properly, or we can actually be ascending the mountain with God and learning the right lessons as we go. And he, he will show us which it is. Oh, indeed he will. It is a wonderful book. Sonia, this is a study of Exodus. I think this would be a great way for groups to come together, a a parent group or mom group to really use this. Tell our listeners how each chapter is broken out so that way they can do more than just read this book, but they can actually work through it. So the first chapter is, um, it follows the text of Hebrews 3 and 4, and it tells us in that passage that because they did not know his ways, because we don't know his ways, that we won't enter the promised land. So the first chapter is about what God God's ways are. And it's interesting that God wants us to know what his ways are. He tells us what they are in the scriptures. So we look at that in the first chapter. And then the second chapter is how to achieve and dispose ourselves for rest in our thoughts. So we learn how to separate our thoughts from emotion and, and the fact that we do have control over what we think. And it's it's we have control over anxiety um, through our thoughts. It begins in our thoughts. Then the next chapter, chapter three, is about rest in emotions. We learn how to transform negative negative emotions and woundedness and trauma and that kind of thing with the Holy Spirit. And then the next chapter is on rest in body and soul. And we look at, at, at that and particularly Sabbath and how to keep our Sunday obligation properly, which is it involves worship and rest together. Those two things are inseparable. We have to do both things in order to do either of them well. And then the last chapter is really sort of a summary of all of those points. And it really looks at the root of worthlessness and how God addresses that in us, because ultimately all of the deprivations that we suffer in the desert are meant to provoke the root of worthlessness, abandonment and rejection so that God can heal that and pull it up by the root. And so we look at that in the very last chapter, because that is the essence of what God wants us to know. We are loved. We are seen. We are held in being by his love. And so that is how we close it out. Oh, Excellent. I would encourage all of our listeners to pick up a copy. You can work through it by yourself or better yet, work through it with a friend who you know could benefit from that. Sonia Corbett is the author, the name of the book, Just Rest, A Study of the Exodus. Sonia, where can our listeners find a copy for themselves? They can get it anywhere books are sold on Amazon, on Barnes Barnes & Noble. They can get it on Ave Maria Press or they can get a signed copy from me, BibleStudyEvangelista.com. Hey, that sounds like a great idea, Sonia. Thank you so much for writing this book. It is excellent. Thank you so much for your time today. Oh, I appreciate you having me. Thanks so much.
And again, the name of the book, Just Rest, A Study of the Exodus, the author, Sonia Corbett. I will add a link to where you can find her webpage, maybe get a signed copy for yourself. And I'll put that link on the podcast of this interview at materdayradio.com. I've had other opportunities before to talk with Sonia Corbett. She is an amazing storyteller, but more importantly, her insight into her own faith is incredible to be able to recognize in the midst of struggle and desert, what God is calling her to do and be again, the insight is phenomenal for most of us. We can't see in hindsight, the struggle And the recovery from it, well, because we're right in the middle of it. We're living in the desert right now. And when we have these moments of God breaking through our aloneness, like I said just before the interview, when we're in the desert, we feel isolated. We feel oftentimes alone. But when God breaks through in those alone times and we can see that this isn't the end, then we have opportunity to reflect on, well, how many steps have I walked to get to this point where I am? I don't even know where I'm at because I've just been looking at the ground, just surviving. You know, I think that's the, that's certainly the experience of the Israelites in the desert. And it's such a profound uh, reflection for us in our faith, because when we look up, we need to look up higher and see God, that God is leading us to a place that we yet don't know right? And just like in this experience of COVID, we don't know where this is going to end us up at. But when God breaks through and we are aware of him, then we have the ability as humans to reflect and wisdom comes out of that because you see, my gosh, how did I make it through that rocky crag in that mountain or through that valley that just was absolutely scalding hot? To use those metaphors of the desert experience, we can use that to our our life's experience. And come out the other side suddenly renewed. And I think that's what her her book really even titles it as, Receiving God's Renewing Presence in the Desert of Our Life. Well, God is the one who gives us that renew. Scott, listening to you talk about that reminds me just recently your niece was out to visit. Our niece was out to visit. We took her up to Beacon Rock, which anybody who lives in the Pacific Northwest knows that is a beautiful hike on the Washington side of the river out in the gorge. Now, I remember heading up that rock because there's a number of switchbacks that it it was getting hot. The sun was beating down on that rock and it was warming it up. And there were times where I was coming around another switch back and just thinking, oh, I can just see the top right there. So just I would put my head down mm-hmm. and just walk, just look at the ground in front of me and walk. And then another switch back. And then you got to a point where you thought, oh, this is where I thought it changed. Oh, no, it just was an area where it gutted out a little bit more. We weren't anywhere close to the top. But as we continue to wind and out of breath and then finally getting around to the shady side of that rock and then finally emerge to the top of the mountain, you recognize the beauty that had been there all along. But we were struggling so much to get up to the top that we didn't take a moment to go, what have I gotten 
so far? How far have I come? What has God shown me in this journey? It's hard to reflect in the middle of a journey like that, especially in the desert. When, when we're suffering, there is a tendency to just to put our head down and drive forward. I don't think that's what God wants us to do. I think that's just our survival technique. And that's at times where we kind of go into our alone. All I need to do is get from point A to point B. Also, oftentimes in the desert, we don't know where point B is at. But is that the important thing to know where point B is at? And to go to the cliche that we oftentimes hear, it's about the journey. Well, certainly for the Israelites, it was all about that journey because they would not have been able to appreciate Cana, the land in which the Lord was leading them, had they not gone through that purging and that awareness of what it really is to suffer, but what it really is to rely on God in the worst of your suffering, because God is not going to let you fall if you trust in the Lord. And the Israelites were brought to that promised land. In fact, we just heard that this last last weekend as Moses is exhorting them to follow the law. You're getting ready to enter the land, but you need to hang on to the law that you learned through the desert. So yeah, just fascinating to think about that as we walked up that hill. Yeah, you drive because you, you, you kind of know where point B is. But one of the things at the top of the hill that I love, if you've ever walked up Beacon Rock, is when you get up to the top, usually in the afternoon, there is a wonderful, refreshing breeze that blows up that hill because of that hot rock and causing that air to flow over it. And you just, you feel like this is the Holy Spirit. This is like, I'm renewed. I'm seeing this beauty and I'm getting this fresh air of this wind that is just God's grace, just God's nature that he's created. It's beautiful. Oh, how many times, even over the last year and a half, almost two years now during COVID, have we thought this has got to be the end, right? We are there. We could see the promised land only to find out We are not there yet. And we continue to pray for all of us as we journey through our own desert. So many switchbacks, as you you just described, right? That's another switchback. Oh my gosh, we got... And I pray that I have the ability to look back on these last two years with the eyes of God and know and learn what it is that we are supposed to out of these two years. Scott, before we go, will you end us in prayer? Lord Jesus, help us as we wander in our deserts of our life to look up periodically, to stop and remind ourselves that it is you that draws us to a place, to a place that you have created for us, that you've invited us to. And we just have to be able to let go of our own drive to get wherever we think we need to get and trust in your promise. Help us to do that this week and help us to enter into this fall season with great hope that this experience we're going through with COVID will find an end and you will lead us to a place of salvation. We ask all this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. Hang in there and have a great week. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon.